as we journey into ordinary time, which is a time to allow all the sacrifice we've done for Advent and Lent and the Christmas season to, to bear fruit now, it's really important that we go back to, first of all, what is God's original intention for all humanity, for all eternity? And then also, what is your why? Like, when did you encounter the Lord? And if not, how do you encounter the Lord? We get a sneak peek at God's original intention for all eternity, particularly in our first reading from the prophet Isaiah, and also in our gospel reading. But I want to just ask you, you know, if if you're married or you're discerning marriage, you know, how do you know if the person is the one? And then also, how do you know you're the one for that one, if you know what I'm saying? And often when I talk to my brother PJ and ask him when he knew his wife, Jen, was the one, he always goes back to that time in college and there he was going to a party. And what happened was she opened the door and he only saw her amidst all the people behind her. And his heart knew that she was the one for him. You know, everything else was blurry and he only saw her and maybe she only saw him. And then for myself, you know, as a priest, I always go back to that moment when, you know, I was at the men's conference and Cardinal Dolan was holding up the Eucharist, Jesus, body, blood, soul, and divinity. And I only saw Jesus in his hands. You know, and I felt like I was the only person there. And I knew that he was it. Eventually, right? <laughs> because it was so overwhelming, the, the, the emotions that I felt, the, the love that I felt. But it go, it go, if I would have known our first reading today uh, and our gospel today, I think I would have a better idea of knowing God's original intention. But also, that's how I go back to knowing, you know, why am I, am I a priest? Going back to my original intention, going back to God's original intention. So when we look at today's first reading, which is just a beautiful reading, I really encourage you to go back and spend time with it. You know, we hear... It says, for Zion's sake, I will not be silent. So the Lord doesn't want to be quiet in our lives. He wants us to know him. That was his intention for all eternity, is that you and I would know him. He would not be obscure. He would still be mysterious, but he would not be obscure. He would not be too distant. God's original intention for all eternity is that he wanted to be in a relationship with us. And a relationship that no other relationship could be compared to besides that of marriage, right? We hear from the prophet Isaiah, you shall be a glorious crown in the hand of the Lord, a royal diadem held by your God. And, you know, maybe you feel like this, he says, but he says to you and me, no more shall people call you forsaken or your land desolate. But the Lord says, you shall be called my delight. You know, it goes back to last week at the baptism of Jesus. You know, you are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter in whom I delight. And he says, and your land espoused. So the whole intimacy of God is to have a spousal relationship with us. He even says further, as a young man marries a virgin, your builder, that is God, the creator of the universe, the creator of the heavens, the stars, the galaxies upon galaxies, your builder shall marry you. And as a bridegroom rejoices in his bride, so your God rejoice in you. So when God sees you, that means he gets excited. I can remember, you know, being a young uncle with my nieces and they'd see me and they would just get so happy, right? And they'd run to me and squeeze me and there was, they were delighting in me, right? And God delights in me and you even more so. And to even push that point even further, now the God man, God made man, Jesus, 
He performs his first miracle at a wedding to point to he desires intimacy with you and I. He points to he wants to be one with you. And the person who notices that there's an irritation or there's something going wrong is the mother, who is Mary, who is the new Eve. She says they have no wine, which means things are going stale. They're forgetting that you are God, that God loves them. He desires spousal intimacy with us. He desires, they've forgotten that your original intention, Lord, is to be in deep abiding friendship, communion with his people. And Jesus says, woman, how does your concern affect me? My hour has not yet come. So what that means is Mary is going and bringing the intention of the people to Jesus, right? As we do often when we pray the Hail Mary or a memoire or the Hail Holy Queen or saying, Mary, like, help, help bring this to Jesus, purify our intentions. And by Jesus saying, my hour has not yet come, he's saying, you know, if I do this, people are going to want to kill me. You know, if I start performing miracles, people are going to kill me because I have power to set captives free so that people may know, may know that they are not despised by my heavenly father. They are loved, right? And Jesus and Mary are having this deep, intimate conversation that most people would have known, but what Mary is doing is giving permission for, his, for her son to perform his first miracle. You know, for us to encounter God in Jesus, right? cost Jesus his life and that breaks the mother's heart but also she knew of the power of the resurrection so in this gospel there's six stone jars of water for ceremonial washings which means that people were washing their hands and their feet and God knows what else part of their body in with this water so it's dirty it's gross and maybe that's how you feel sometimes because of your sin because of what some maybe what somebody maybe has done to you and there's six ceremonial washing jars, each holding 20 to 30 gallons. That's a lot of nastiness. And maybe that's how you feel. I am filled to the brim with grossness, right? And Jesus says, fill them, fill them. And so they did. There's a, a grace of obedience in doing what God tells us, especially if you know what his original intention is. Because then he told him, draw some out now and take it to the head water. And these servants, these servers must have been had some type of faith that this Jesus, this God is different and they were obedient. They took it to the head waiter and the water had become wine, which means all that had become stale now has flavor, right? All that has become mundane, boring, you name it, is now going to get them drunk (laughs) on his love. That's what the Lord wants us to be is to be totally intoxicated in a sober sense in his spirit, which we hear about in our second reading today. And because of this miracle at a wedding, which points back again to God's original intention for you and I, his disciples began to believe in him. But the fact that the, what I want us to focus on right now, and my last point is, you know, how do we start a relationship with this God, is we have to let him break all that is hard in our hearts. The fact that the jars or ceremonial washings are made out of stone, points back to a lot in scripture. But in particular, I think it points back to Ezekiel, where he says in chapter 36, verse 25 to 27, I will sprinkle clean water upon you to cleanse you from your impurities and from all your idols. And he says, 
I will give you a new heart and place a new spirit within you, taking from your bodies your stony hearts or those stony jars and giving you natural hearts. He says, I will put my spirit within you and make you live with my statutes, careful to observe my decrees. God's original intention is to give you a new heart and to break all that stone away. And the last, last, last thing I want to share with you is um, Jesus can do that. Nothing is impossible for him. And when we think things are impossible, we forget and our hearts become hard. So I want you to maybe focus on this week of God's original intention is, is he desires to be your spouse, to be in a relationship with you, And you are, and I are, the bridegroom, and the Lord is the groom, right? We're the bride, he is the groom. And he wants intimacy with us, and that happens primarily at Mass. So when you come down the aisle, it's just, it's your wedding day. And that's how we go to confession, to get washed clean, to receive our hearts back anew, to prepare for new hearts in the Holy Eucharist. So we're called to exchange our hearts at every single Mass and be replaced with his, with his loving heart. And when we let him break through, to break all the hardness around our hearts, all that formation, all the scriptures seep in that you are loved. You are the apple of his eye. And if you know how he sees you, everything else goes blurry, just like it did with my brother PJ when he saw his wife Jen, and she knew that he knew that she was the one, right? Just like I, I felt nothing but love in the Holy Eucharist when I allowed the Lord to break my heart. And Fulton Sheen says sometimes the only way the Lord can come into your life is by breaking your heart because it's become so hard and maybe that's you what the Lord needs is permission to come in and without permission he waits as any good lover would do and when you let him in you'll know your why and may God bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit Amen